Okay, we're recording on another hot summer's evening in London. Uh, so welcome to Coffee, Eggs and Inspiration. It's a weekly show that goes out over YouTube and as a podcast over all of the major channels. And each week I get to sit with an inspiring person and listen to them tell their story and share it with all of you. This week is no different. I'm joined by Talisa Tossel. Welcome, Talisa. Hello. Fantastic. I'm so, I'm, I'm honestly intimidated because Talisa is one of the hugest YouTubers uh, in, uh, in, in Britain. And uh, she, she sort of does this and, and she's on camera for a living. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take notes and uh, she's been very uh, gracious with me here. I'll give Talisa a little bit of an introduction so you know the, uh, the, the scale of the, um, the person that you're, uh, you're listening to today. So Talisa, Talisa is a YouTuber, a professional YouTuber. She has 2.1 million subscribers, uh, over half a billion views. Incredible. Uh, she's also got a vlogs channel, uh, which is Talisa Tozzle Vlogs. Uh, 100,000 subscribers there, two, just over 2 million views. Uh, very active on Instagram as well, with more than a million followers on Instagram. And pretty recently onto uh, TikTok as well. Already half a million followers, uh, about 11 million likes on, uh, on the stuff that she does. And uh, we'll get into the content in a moment. Uh, but Talisa, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, tell us a little bit more about yourself and then we'll start talking about your content. Okay, so I'm Talisa. Um, I do slime. I started in 2016 and obviously with trends, like you don't expect them to last at all. And then suddenly, somehow, it's lasted for four years. So this is my full-time job. I do slime professionally, which is a sentence I never thought I'd be able to say. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much what I do. A professional slimer. Have you got any slime with you, by the way, just in case there's somebody watching you? Okay. So this is like a, it's called butter slime. There's lots of different textures and this is made with clay. And it's like a non-Newtonian fluid. So it moves, but it's still a solid and you can still hold it. So it's very cool. And they come in like different scents, different colors, everything. So yeah, it's really interesting. <laughs> you said non-Newtonian Fluid. Fluid. Or substance. I think it might be substance. It wow. basically means it's not a solid, but it's not a liquid, but it kind of is somewhere in between the two. Incredible. Incredible. Uh, it's quite a scientific explanation. I, thank you for that. You're welcome. Uh, how, how did you get into slime? How did, uh, how did that come about? So in, it must have been like early 2016, on my Explore page on Instagram, I saw videos and the kind of like thumbnails equivalent to um, Instagram. They're quite striking. And I remember just looking at it and being like, what is this? And I clicked on it and um, yeah, I just found it really weird. I was like, I don't understand why anyone would like this. But like with most things like that, you just keep clicking on them because you're like so curious as to why anyone likes them. And then I eventually found one that had a really nice like sizzly noise to it. And I was like, oh, I like this. And my Instagram wasn't, like how it is now in terms of like you're able to save stuff and have everything as accessible as it is now so I had to download it and I was like I don't have enough storage on my phone for this and it's like clogging up all my things it's like loads of pictures like me and my friends and then it's just like some slime videos <laughs> so I was like I just want it to be more organized so I, I thought about like putting it in folders maybe buying a new phone but at the time it was just it didn't make sense to do that so what I did was I created essentially like a burner Instagram account and I just posted 
a ton of videos like literally 60 videos a day that I was just finding and found interesting because I knew they all get lost in my likes I like everything I'm like that person that just goes through and yeah likes everything so I posted to this account on the first day got 5,000 followers and in 2016 bear in mind like I had no social following like I was working as like a waitress like doing jobs here and there and yeah I just was like so taken aback by that but it was never like about following um so I just kept doing what I'd done in the beginning was just posting loads of videos that I liked and it was really just like a hobby and in six months I got 800,000 followers on there it's it's just like it was so large and I just I don't know I really enjoyed just the sensation of um it wasn't a job it was just a hobby like I said but I just enjoyed the sensation of having people who were there who enjoyed everything about that and they weren't particularly there for me um and then yeah a few of those people were just like how do you make this stuff and I just kept sending them like other people's videos now like why don't you just make a video because you are into the same stuff we are and um, I had a YouTube channel I was doing lifestyle stuff like I saw the beauty bloggers getting like um free holidays and stuff so I was like I want that and I, I decided to just sign up and that's that's how I um, started on YouTube originally I was doing like Primark hauls and things and yeah I stopped that and then six months later I came back and I did one slime video it's meant to be one slime video and overnight that got two million views and I know and bear in mind I had 90,000 followers and my views were averaging like 5,000 I had like two videos that did really well back then and um, that's where I got my following from more than you know having a sustained following so I was just like so shocked by this and obviously I knew that meant YouTube could be a job for me so I was like this is probably just gonna last for three months so I'll yeah I'll just do it for as long as it will last and then it's been four years so maybe I should have stopped it (laughs) but yeah no it's, it's, it's great it was a happy accident Four years and counting. What was the video that got two million views? What did, what were you doing in it? I think it was just like how to make slime, and I just said like easy, and it was like th- it was like I think two separate videos. It was just a really simple process, just showing the basic ingredients needed. And I think why people were watching me was I literally hadn't made slime before that video so I was exploring it and I was discovering it in the same way the viewers were and so it was a lot easier to understand than like me explaining it now I use terms that I know people don't understand but I can't really unlearn it so I think it was that growth process of like everyone learning with me yeah right very relatable Uh, how do you make slime by the way um it's PVA glue so the stuff you use in like primary schools um and it's borax which is a substance that's normally used for like cleaning products but when you dissolve it in water it gives off an iron which attaches to the pva glue and then it makes the semi-solid so it's just really interesting but if the borax isn't dissolved it doesn't make that it just goes like rock hard so you have to add it gradually and um there isn't like a set amount it really depends because yeah it can change in like concentration and everything but it's it's just it's quite simple it sounds quite hard when you're explaining it but it's it's fun yeah it sounds like a real art that you develop over time do you make all of your own slime or do you buy some in yeah so um in the beginning I was just making my own I was showing people how to make theirs as well and then as slime kind of grew we had this like niche that everyone like didn't really want to particularly make it themselves because it can go wrong a lot um and they just wanted to buy it off people so there was this whole community of sellers coming about and a lot of these people who were interested in it in the beginning were ranging between like 
like 11 years old to 13 years old and then there was like the older teens who were like 18 to 21 and then there was a whole generation that was like in their 40s and 50s and they all started making these shops and because it was in such high demand by everyone they were selling out they would upload like 300 slimes every week and within two minutes it would be sold out so you have to have all your information like put in and so everyone was like how do you make this stuff and like um how do you get it and how do you review it because obviously it isn't like a normal shop dynamic where you can go in and test the products and so what I was doing was buying these products reviewing them on my channel and then people didn't have to wonder like what they were like so I started reviewing other people's as well as making my own and then pretty much for like up until now I've just been taking other people's products and reviewing them and showing people what they look like in person because obviously they look very different when you're handling them and when the actual person who's used to handling them is handling them right right what i love about your your story is the way that you've um, just experimented along the way uh with what works and uh and the audience will tell you right youtube's one of those platforms where the audience will really tell you what what's interesting and and what's not they're interesting very, they're brutal about it as well so <laughs> you always know when it's like um right or wrong but yeah it's exactly that and you have to listen and i think that's the thing i learned in the beginning and something i maybe don't do as much now but um people give you indications to whether they like what you're doing or not cues yeah and and slime is is a big thing you know youtube's one of those places where niche can become mainstream and it's uh you know the the evidence is right there in the number of subscribers 2.1 million uh, subscribers and half a half a billion views there's a lot of interest in in this topic and um and and you actually go to slime conventions you're quite you're quite a celebrity in the, in the slime. <laughs> yeah so i was um fortunate enough last year to get to travel a lot and we we got like the best trips and it was really interesting as well because everyone on these trips like I said we've all been in it since like 2016 or 2017 so we have these really deep understandings of each other that like you wouldn't have with a normal stranger it's almost like watching youtubers and so we know like all the past relationships people have been in like all the stuff they're posting about and so you meet these strangers but they're never strangers because you know everything about them and vice versa so I was going to these things I made really good friends and um, we just got the best experiences and I've been traveling like all over the US had chances to go elsewhere but I, I love the US so yeah it's mainly been there well hopefully you get back there uh there soon when the things uh, open up now i did a bit of um uh, research before this and i'm going to try something new i'm going to try and cast my screen uh i'm not sure if it'll help show it show up in the recording here let's uh, just see um so you and i can now see this but uh let's see if it turns out in the recording but i'll explain it just in case it it doesn't so what we're looking at here is google trends and actually, first of all, I went on to google.com and I uh, typed in how to make, and you know, there's the autocomplete. And the first thing that comes up was slime. Um, and that autocomplete is based on the number of searches. So this is a very popular search term. Uh, and since then, uh, I've gone into Google Trends here just to see uh, whether there are any interesting trends that we can see in slime. And it turns out there are. So the blue line here, is how to make slime. And the fun fact there is between January this year and now, it's uh, pretty much doubled in interest. So huge interest spiking at about the time of lockdown. People are obviously flocking 
uh, to their sort of homemade slime benches and making slime. And there are two other things that it seems to correlate with. The first is the yellow line here, which is how to make pancakes, mm -hmm. uh, which seems very popular, but less popular these, uh, you know, right now than, uh, than, than slime, and how to make love. Now, why these things are correlated, I don't know, but isn't, isn't that interesting that there's, a, there's such a surge in interest just around lockdown? <laughs> Have you found that, uh, that, that your audience is, um, is more engaged than ever uh, during, during the COVID lockdown? Yeah, I've definitely noticed um, like a huge increase in views as well because like around Christmas they really dip and I think it's just because people are doing vlogmas and things and you know it's so busy so um, it was it was such a blessing in disguise really to have this lockdown because obviously like YouTube is thriving as awful as everything is in the world it's just a nice like um, happy place to be but yeah it, it's really interesting you said um how to make slime came up like automatically because in 2017 how to make slime was the most googled thing in the world like above anything and I found that so interesting because I remember hearing that and it was like in the, all the newspapers as well and it was great because they were like linking all our videos we were getting like loads of views around that time um but yeah and it's just it's still so popular and if you had told me when I was entering it it would be like this I would have never believed you because I don't know it seems like a niche and somehow it got mainstream and it stayed okay but yeah the views at the moment are fantastic and it's yeah it's pretty great that's <laughs> good. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's it's quite extraordinary. Um, but there's there's a there's a really serious side to being a YouTuber, isn't there? It's it's hard, you know. It's easy to sort of just look at the content and say, well, that's you know, you're playing with slime, and that's. But there's a there's a lot of work that goes into planning a piece of content and filming it and editing it. Uh, talk a little bit about what goes into that, and and um, you know how much work it takes to really make a living from it. So, um, yeah, so the basics, obviously, just coming up with the idea. And then after that, it's coming up with the execution because you can have a great idea. And then the moment you're going to do it, it just all goes down the drain. And I think especially with slime, like a lot of slime, once you mix it up, all the colors mix up. So if you're creating a nice creation, it's a one shot scenario. And the thing that people are like so invested in is sli in slime, as well as the um, aesthetic and appearance of it is the sounds and so as soon as you're filming someone ends up mowing their lawn and this happens all the time and it's a one-shot thing and this is taking you hours to prep and someone's just started mowing as i said that which is very funny but it's yeah it's just really interesting because like they they can ruin it for you and you can't go out and be like don't mow your lawn because everyone has to just get on with life and then if they're like why like i have to poke some slime so um yeah that's obviously the frustrating aspects of production but then after that editing i actually really enjoy editing i know a lot of people don't but i find it really nice and you can see um what's working well when you're filming and what's not but it's quite time consuming and i think when you're experiencing maybe droughts of ideas it does become quite tedious but um yeah in the editing if you do it yourself it's also really good to um edit it onto different platforms like you mentioned i'm on tiktok i'm on instagram i don't do twitter but i do like youtube and yeah the vlog channel hopefully soon i've been saying for a long while that i'll start that so <laughs> let's see but yeah you can kind of switch up the content that you've made for one stream to so many and not only just this like cross promote but it builds up different audiences like on tiktok my main audience is in the uk and i think it's like 90 percent in the uk whereas on youtube it's 
90% in the US. And so yeah. you're getting this huge drive that is like incomparable. And then Instagram used to be great. And I think my top ones used to like Brazil, um, the US again, and UK. But now I'm just finding like it's not as good as other platforms for me. And I don't know if that's kind of across the board, but um, yeah, I just find it so interesting how one piece of content can perform differently on different sites and go to different audiences by extension of that. So you have to cut them in, in different ways, don't you? I, I often get asked, uh, you know, when I'm representing Google, uh, about some of the other social platforms and, um, you know, are they competitors? Well, um, kind of yes and no, I think is the best answer, right? The social media world is is like an animal kingdom and all of those animals are quite different animals. They, they serve a different audience. The content that works on one won't necessarily work on the other. Uh, and, um, you know, for somebody like you, a creator, uh, that gives you a multiple set of canvases to work with and, uh, and, and attract and engage different audiences. Uh, indeed, and you do it so well. Um, but it's a single piece of content which you slice up, right? Now that's, I mean, g give, give me a sense of uh, what, what sort of hours do you work? I mean, this is, this is, a, this is a real job, right? It's time yeah. to... And I think there's the, the problem with YouTube and any social media job where you're working from home, and I think a lot of people are relating to this now with lockdown happening, you don't have set hours because you're always in your workplace. And so, yes, you can be like, I'm going to work nine to five, which very rarely happens because you don't have like bursts of creativity on the clock. So I'll be, I was literally asleep one time when I had my best idea and that was like mixing, I bought like fake AirPods and I mixed them into slime. And that video mm -hmm. went viral everywhere. Like everyone was downloading it and posting it. And it was like, even people, like I really admire who YouTubers were posting it. And that literally came to me in my sleep and I was sleeping and I just remember waking up and be like, write this down. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's just it's non-stop. And even when you try and not think about it, unless you're physically out of your space, like you said, with conventions and stuff like that, it's, yeah, it's just very long hours. And it's often like trying to do stuff, getting it wrong, trying that again. And so you're seeing like a 10 minute video at the end and you don't have much to show for it. Um, but when you like actually carry a camera around for the whole day and show like a week in the life, for example, everyone's like, wow, you actually do a lot more than we thought. And like, we're not going to demand like videos every week now. But it's, it's interesting. And um, it's interesting you should say that as well, because I think everyone always assumes YouTubing thing. It's just kind of like sitting in front of a camera, doing it for 10 minutes and then just living like a life of luxury outside that. But yeah, it's nonstop. It's uh, yeah, no, I can confirm that it's I, I know a few YouTubers <laughs> Uh, and I can confirm it's not that, particularly those who, um, some of them, well, at least to begin with, daily vlog. And unless you've got a team around you, you know, that is that is absolutely uh, uh, oppressive in terms of workload. Um, though you're, you really are, the you know, one of the top YouTubers in the country uh, and uh, indeed one of the top YouTubers globally as well. You know, it's a, it's a definitely big... Uh, a big subscriber base by YouTube standards. I'm sure you've got the plaques uh, to prove it uh, hanging up somewhere. Um, what, what's it like being a big YouTuber? You, you know, you're kind of always on display in a way. Uh, you know, you, you get feedback, positive and negative. Uh, you probably get recognized from time to time out in the public. What, what's, what's that like? Um, 
so it's actually really funny. So obviously you're open to public scrutiny as any YouTuber is online. But in terms of actually getting approached, like I'm really lucky in that it's just my hands. Like the funny thing is though, I always have these nails on. You can't see them too well right now, but um, they're my defining thing. And I'm so loud as well. Like I'm always like laughing with my friends. And like when I'm out, you'll hear me before you see me. And so they never really see me and go, oh my goodness, it's Kalisa. They hear someone, they turn around, they look at my nails and they're like, oh my God, I love you. <laughs> and so it's such a different experience like what other people go through and also I'm really lucky in that um you know that means when I'm quiet and I'm just walking alone um no one notices me like literally no one like I never ever get approached if I'm not talking and um maybe that's just a sign that I should be more quiet but yeah it's it's interesting and it's, it's really fun and I think it's great for me as well because um I always wanted it to be about the product rather than me and I think that I've got to experience like the really fun aspects of being a YouTuber and obviously you know there are non-fun aspects that come along with any job but for the most part like I've avoided a lot of them yeah well and and um fortunately right because Celebrity is uh, is is not the glamour that it, appear, it, it appears to be. It's, uh, no, it's a difficult, difficult place. Um, you've experimented also with a bit of ASMR. Uh, yeah. Can you explain what ASMR is and <laughs> okay. why why you were drawn to it? So um, ASMR is the autonomous sensory meridian response, and that pretty much just means that you get like really satisfied, like when you hear someone singing and you're like, oh, that's gorgeous, and like your hair stick up on your arms for example that's the asmr response and even like hearing the sound of like grass and being like wow that's really relaxing that's asmr and it's in things that you don't particularly recognize in day-to-day -day life and that's why you're having that response but yeah asmr on youtube is slightly different because it's like experimenting with different things and i saw my friend karina garcia doing it and she did a fantastic job and i was like i want to try this and she was eating all these great foods and um i was like i want to try that and <laughs> i didn't want to like just waste money trying all these like really expensive foods so i was like you know what i'll eat it I'll buy a mic and then as soon as I made the money back for all these things I'm taking the video down like I was like this is so awful like I'm eating into a microphone I remember the funny thing is as well when I was in school I was so like I was just I wasn't a bad student but I wasn't one that like really wanted to work so I would like google like how to make money with doing nothing and then it was like ASMR <laughs> and I remember being like that's so weird I would never eat into a microphone and here I am um eating into a microphone um and it did really well and I ended up having to do lots because people kept doing saying do more and I loved it because like I love food and I got to try new stuff but at the same time it was just so I don't know it was a weird experience to watch me do it. and the thing is like I really enjoy watching other people do it it's just watching yourself do it I think you're very self-critical but yeah it's interesting that's how I got into it and um yeah I love the food aspect yeah, I, I think you. I saw a few of your uh, pieces with honey. Uh, honey honeycomb. Amazing, yeah. And it uh, it makes my um, eldest son is really into ASMR. In fact, both of them listen to it as a as a sort of soporific um, lullaby uh, that that gets them off to sleep. And one of them sort of uh, likes it for the tingles. It's not for everyone. It's a, it's another example of one of those niche things that sort of become mainstream. And there are mm -hmm. some huge ASMR artists um, and you know you can account yourselves yourself amongst them uh, as well so um, Talisa it's not just uh, for you it's not just about 
uh, YouTube, you've got lots of interests outside uh, the YouTube world. In fact, you and I have started working a little bit together recently uh, on music. Um, tell me uh, what, what drew you to that and, um, you know, why you find it important. So in general, like, I think music is just such a fabulous medium because there isn't any requirements in terms of like, you know, having to go to university and stuff. It's just about talent and just being great. And I think that's one of the things that really drew me to what you're doing because it's helping people from all different backgrounds and bringing people together and bringing new talent to the surface. So that's what I was really drawn to in your project. But I think music in general is fantastic. And there's so many different genres as well that you can kind of do whatever, like you can do like, I saw, what was it? There was a violinist like playing like rock music and I just loved it. It was great. He like had it like through like an electric wire up to an amp. And I think that, um, yeah, music's so transformative and beautiful and um, it can be portrayed in so many different ways. So it's fantastic. It sure is. Actually, and one of the biggest YouTubers in the world is a violinist. Really? Uh, I can't remember her name uh, off the top of my head, but yeah, really interesting uh, different ways of playing violin with, with, uh, with different types of music. It's, uh, it's amazing. Well, um, you know, I, I, I really appreciate you helping, helping us. Big Community Records is the, is the label and Quasi Court's the artist. Uh, and we had a session the other day. You're, you're actually uh, here as a mentor. You're an advisor. And uh, I can confirm that uh, you've taught me so much already. Uh, you know, you're a, uh, a brilliant oh, creator you. who's built a brand. Uh, so you know a lot about this stuff. You know, there's a lot uh, that certainly I can learn from somebody like you and, and many others, um, which is a great note to close on to Lisa. There's probably a lot of uh, people out there who are aspiring YouTubers or, or social influencers. What advice would you have for them? This is a tough one because I think it's so dependent on um, people's ch like channels and what they want to do. But um, as a general rule, I would say thumbnails are the most important things. They're always things that attract me to things. And I know that's like a huge aspect because you have like the click through rate on YouTube. And if you don't know what that is, it pretty much means people see your stuff, they click through and then they watch the content. And the higher that is it's kind of dependent on the thumbnail so that's the first obstacle before the video before the execution before anything and then after that i would just say um try and film with natural lighting that's always a nice setting um know what you're doing don't have long intros that is the worst thing i hate them um and that's actually something that um people said drew them to my channel because i just like 10 second intros and they're like oh my god I love it because you know people just tell the whole life story so don't do that um and then what else just do what you like because um like with Simon like with ASMR they're weird things like I know they're weird but I like them and so that means that someone out there will like it and it depends on like how big the audience size is and when I started slime like there wasn't a slime community or like a big audience for it and then it just happened and you can upload a video now and then in five years time you know that could be a trend and you can come back to that and you know like the algorithm especially it's going to recommend content that's doing well at that time so it's always going to come back to that do what you like and yeah just have fun with it if you're not enjoying it don't do it because everyone will be able to tell that you don't like it well that's an that's an amazing set of um uh, of tips I, I perhaps should have asked you that at the start was my introduction a bit long no no no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> 
Anyway, and I've got to get the thumbnail right. I mean, oh my goodness, this is the pressure, the pressure. Talisa to uh, Tossel, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, to have you. You're a real inspiration. You're teaching me lots, and I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you, Talisa. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs>